0: Uh, many of us have seen Tim Barker. He's the uh, South Texas District Superintendent. And uh, he's been here, but this is the older brother. <laughs> Amen. In fact, I found out yesterday that when he was pastoring the, his first church, Tim Barker, who is our District Superintendent, was the youth minister. <laughs> so we're so honored. To have him here this morning. He's uh, the mis- a missionary to Haiti, and uh, I'm hoping after this service, my wife will start saying to me, Let's go to Haiti for missionary work. Would you please put your hands together to the Lord and let's welcome our brothers he comes to share with us? Thank you, Thank you Ark.
1: Thank you for an incredible time in the presence of God. That's what it's all about. It's not about driving on this parking lot and parking your car, getting it out, stopping by the donut table. Although that's not bad. Having a cup of coffee, going and sitting in the presence of Christ, as I did this morning. Heard the word taught by Pastor Al. Came in here. And to the holy of holies, that's what it's about. Many people today, all across the world, has come into buildings just like this and they've gone home the very same way they came in. But God's here today. Whatever you have need of. Don't take it home with you. Don't leave here the same way that you came. I'm not. I made a choice to be changed today by the presence and by the power of God. Well, buses are pulling up in the parking lot now and you're going out of the church and you're getting on a bus with me. We're going out here to George Bush. We're going to fly for about three hours to Miami. Disembark there and we're going to stretch our legs and we're going to window shop and we're going to do whatever we want to do for about an hour and then we're going to get on a plane and head into Haiti. Less than two hours from Miami. We'll be in a country that is the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. Most of you know about Haiti because you were glued to the television in January 2010. when the earthquake hit that country and devastated. Ten and a half million people was the populace of Haiti at that time. Now it's down somewhere around nine million, just a little bit better than nine million. Incredible things about Haiti. Probably the most incredible statement that I've ever heard. If you studied any of world history, you'll remember some of these names by the name of a dictator by the name of Papa Doc Duvalier. His son, at 16 years old, was installed as a dictator to follow his father's regime by the name of Baby Doc Duvalier. After the Haitians had gotten tired of him, they ran him out of the country and next to come into the dictatorship of that country, allegedly under the name of a president and under a not very balanced election is the name of Aristide. Mr. Aristide was a polluted priest, a man that had fallen a man that had given up on God. A man that began to abuse people. The, the, thing, the common denominator with those three men, listen to me. The common denominator with those three men, they declared to the populace of Haiti, Satan is the god of Haiti. How do you like that announcement? Not the Assemblies of God, not the Catholic Church, not the Protestant movement, but witchcraft is the national religion of Haiti. How would you like to hear that? How would you have liked for Channel 2 to come on this morning, or you to have picked up the Houston Chronicle, and have read that the leader of this country said, witchcraft is our religion And Satan is our God. Incredible statement to be made. But ladies and gentlemen, can I tell you something? Man makes rules, but God still reigns. I believe you got that. I don't know if you got that over here. Man makes rules, God still reigns. Yes, he does. For years and years and years and years, with dictators making a statement, with witchcraft temples being very prevalent throughout the country of Haiti, missionaries were already there. Somebody somewhere was praying for Haiti and didn't even know who they were praying for. You heard Pastor make a statement a while ago about this being a praying church. Well, I want this praying church to remember my name and put me on your praying list, okay? Because I believe in the power of prayer. Somebody prayed for me. They had me on their mind. They sacrificed their time and they prayed for me. I'm so glad. See, you don't know that. That's old school song. I'm so glad they prayed. I'm so glad they prayed. I'm so glad they prayed for me. Missionaries had been praying. They had been scratching at that soil of demonic activity. They had been shedding tears and watering the soil of the prayers. You see, sometimes when you're awakened in the middle of the night, And you begin to pray and you don't realize who or what it's for. It could be for a place like that. Or sometimes while you're in the middle of a meal and all of a sudden you stop eating and you begin to intercede, you begin to pray, you begin to pray in the Spirit and you don't understand what it's for and you don't realize what it's all about. God may be using you to break up fallow ground in a a haven of hell somewhere. So that's what had been happening. And today, because of the prayers of people like you, and people like the missionaries that was there, and people all over the globe, because you do know that God so loves the world. He does have people in other countries praying for you. Did you know that? He loves you so much, somebody's praying for you today that doesn't even know your name. I like that. I'm going to hug them when I see them. May share a donut with them. May share a donut with them. I didn't get this shape by running. My youngest granddaughter came in two years ago. Kindergarten year is almost up, and she crawls up in my lap, and she says, Paul, I learned about you at school today. I said, you learned about me? She said, I did. She said, we studied shapes, and you're round. (laughs) She passed the test. She got it right. You got to love it, huh? Out of the mouths of babes it comes. If you took, because of prayers, the populace of the 18 to 30-year-old age bracket in Haiti, I don't know numerically what that is, but if you took them, and you were to set them in a building here in Houston today, and Pastor Al or Pastor Goodluck or any of you other leaders in this church or any person sitting out there was to stand up and was to say to those people, If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're not ashamed of Him. You know that He's your Redeemer. You know that He died on a cross for you and forgave you of your sins, and you worship Jesus as your Lord. 70 to 75% of that population would lift their hand and say they know Christ. Why? Because of prayer. Because of missionaries that have gone there that have prayed. Because of you that have prayed. There are, there is no public education in Haiti. Listen to this: a country that's been deemed Satan is its God. Witchcraft is its religion. There's no public education. Everybody that goes to school goes to a Christian school. They learn and hear about Jesus every day of their education. Isn't that amazing? Free nation like us doesn't happen, but it happens where they said Satan is God and witchcraft is its religion. They're learning about Jesus, they're coming to know Him. The four pillars of Mission of Hope. And please, as you leave, stop by. I'll be at a table out there. Everything I've got out there will, nothing I've got on that table bites. So please take something home with you. The only thing you cannot have are the children that I have out there in case you choose to sponsor one of them. We'll work on that with you. But please take something. It's a point of contact. It's a point of prayer that I want you to have with you. I've only got till 2 o'clock this afternoon, so I'm going to get you moving right on. Somebody said, Get your purse, Martha. We're leaving right now. One of the things that God has had us doing for 16 years. Mission of Hope has been in Haiti 16 years. I've not been a part of them that long. I pastored for 42 years and retired in January 2011 and have been traveling quite a bit for Haiti, um, helping with Mission of Hope. My association started in 2008 with them. Is education an uneducated person can be a controlled person so we believe in education and we're going to try to put every person that comes to us we have over 6000 students throughout our educational system in the 10 villages that we're involved in 2000 still need to be re- need to be sponsored we're riding that out of our general fund every child that comes to our school every day is going to be fed here's an addition addendum to that most feeding programs feed while they're in school and that child goes home on saturday or goes home on friday saturday he's going to go to his village pastor he's going to meet the village champion or go to that church that's in the village that we're in partner with and he's going to build a relationship that pastor after a time with him is going to give him a bag of food of rice and beans and nutrient supplement to take home. He'll feed his family for the weekend. When school's out in June and doesn't start back to October, kids get hungry then also. We're not going to leave them without food. They're going to go three to four times a week and they're going to get food from that village pastor where relationships are being built, where they're learning about Jesus Christ and they're going to be able to take food back to their family. Same packet, three to four times a week. We're going to see that they eat because we believe in nutrition also. Look around. So do you. We believe in education. We believe in nutrition. Every child that comes to our school is going to be taken care of medically. We're going to see that when North American medical teams come in, They're able to see a dentist. They're able to have their eyes checked. They're able to have the physical body, if there's anything or just a general physical, needs to take place. When the earthquake hit Haiti, a lot of the devastation that took place was people lost their limbs with the demolishing of buildings that fell, crumbled, fell on some of them. Our our clinic became a MASH unit. First responders that came to Haiti, if they were surgeons or surgical nurses, they were sent to Mission of Hope in Titayen, about 25 miles north of Port au Prince. We had the only clinic hospital that was not compromised in the earthquake. We had the only two ambulances that could traverse the terrain the way that it was after the earthquake. We did over 400 amputations, and we have fit every one of them with a prosthesis. A surgeon that came by the name of Dr. Scott from Austin, Texas, when he landed in January 2010, and they knew his skills, they sent him out to be a surgeon. Having served for a couple of weeks and done what he does best, a particular day, they had two ladies that they had put on gurneys and taken them into the operating room. They had given them anesthesia, anesthesia in Haiti for an amputation or for any type of surgery. Is similar to what you and I get when we're going to have a deep cleaning done on our teeth. They're going to have a leg taken off. They've been given their anesthesia and they're laying on a table and Dr. Scott walks into the room. He readies his instruments to begin what he does best. Those ladies reached across the space between one gurney and the next gurney and they joined hands. And in Creole, and what English they knew, they began to sing, Great is Thy faithfulness. O oh God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning in Thee. Thou changest not. They began to sing that. Dr. Scott rushed out of that room, angry, you're on a trip with me. I'm taking you and showing you exactly where he told me this story happened. Just outside of the, what was the OR. Five to six other doctors and nurses were standing. They had been busy. Dr. Scott looked around that circle. He said, Doug, I, I looked every one of them in the eye. He said, I was angry. I, I was angry because I knew that the anesthesia was going to wear off on those ladies. I knew what I needed to do. I knew they were going to feel enough pain. They were really going to feel pain when the anesthesia isn't as strong as it needed to be. He said, as I looked around that room and I vented, he said, it seemed like life passed in front of me. And my next question to those five or six medical people standing there was, can somebody tell me about the God that they're singing about. You see, Dr. Scott traveled from Austin, Texas, a man of science, an atheist, that did not know God and didn't believe in God. But standing outside of the operating room in Titayen, Haiti, Mission of Hope, January 2010, gone there to do what his skills had him to do, Jesus met him. Because somebody had prayed. Somebody had prayed. Dr. Scott gave his heart to Christ. He finished about another week's service. He flew back to Austin, Texas. Went into his home to a wife and a 16-year-old daughter. His wife was a woman of science. Their daughter they had raised as an atheist. He didn't tell them what had taken place in his life. He said, go with me to Haiti. I want to show you something. They traveled to Haiti. They came to Titayen. They went into Mission of folk. They went outside that operating room right there. He told them the story of what had taken place a few weeks earlier in his life. His wife, a woman of science, his daughter, gave their life to Christ. And Dr. Scott baptized them in the Caribbean Ocean before they ever came back to the great state of Texas. Amen. Great is thy faithfulness. I want to leave you with the Scripture. Philippians chapter 3. If you begin to read that chapter, I'd love to be able to be here every Sunday and set in on your teaching and your study. One of the great characters of the Bible, Paul. A character. Chapter number 3, he begins to tell those that was gathered around in Philippi his pedigree. He tells them, all about his degree. He tells them all about his family roots. He tells them all about who he's been chosen and how he's been this and how he's been that. He lets them know that if anybody has a right to brag, I've got a right to brag. But he says it really means nothing if I don't know Christ just trash. It's just stuff you walk on top of. It's just stuff in a barnyard. It's nothing. He goes down to verse number 10. Here's my scripture. Paul said that I may know Him. I... I haven't met all of you yet. I just know a few of you. But if we journey through the rest of our life, staying in contact every week or every month, I'll get to know you a little bit better. And I know that I'll enjoy knowing you. But please, don't be offended when I tell you I want to know Him better than I know you. I want to know him. I want to know him. Because it's in the midnight of my hours. It's in those times when my wife's hug doesn't help. It's in those times when the laughter of my grandchildren don't satisfy It's in those times when worship and praise just seems to be deaf in my hearing. It's in those times that I need Jesus. And I don't want to know about Him. I want to know Him. It's in those midnight hours. It's in those hungry days. It's in those lonely times that he sneaks in and camps up inside of me and begins to break every feather in me and begins to wipe away every tear and begins to set my feet on a solid street again. Yes, he does. You missed a good opportunity to shout right there. You're slow, but you're worth waiting on. We got to two. Don't worry about it. We're here for a while. Three dimension. Paul said that I can know him. First dimension. Power of his resurrection. Listen to me. There's people in this service this morning. Got something dead inside of you. Some of you sometime back. God put a call in your life. Called you to be a prayer warrior. Called you to be a teacher. Called you to be a worshiper. Maybe you have a talent in music. Maybe you have a gift of teaching. Maybe you have something to work with you, something to work with children. Maybe you've got resources financially, and you're just tipping God instead of tithing to God. Got something dead inside. And one of the ways you need to know God is the power of resurrection. Let me tell you, if you lived the past getting up off of your knees at Calvary, every one of us has had a moment that something has died. Because some person has said, you can't do that. Some person has said, God, didn't call you to do that. Some person has said you don't have enough education to do that. Some person has said this or that. But listen to me. The voice of the Holy Spirit wants to bring resurrection life to you. Don't work with just yourself. Work with the power of the Holy Spirit. That I may know Him and the power of His resurrection. The second dimension, He said, I want to know Him in the fellowship of His suffering. I'm so glad Jesus doesn't leave us when we're going through things. Would anybody be able to lift your hand and say, somebody has left me When I needed them the most. Some friend. I thought they called at the right time. And I was going to reach out to them. And they just said, I don't really have time right now i got to go on about my rat killing and I'll get back to you later. Somebody stood in your presence and, and you thought that they were there for you. And the whole time, they're looking over you. They're looking around you. They're looking past you. They're not hearing the cry of your heart. They're not hearing. Yet there's a Galilean there's a man that stood with his arms outstretched and his legs together that was nailed to a cross that said, I will fellowship with you when you go through stuff. I'll be there with you when backs are turned on you. I'll be there with you when things run out. I'll be there when people are gone. I'll fellowship with you. Because he's going to turn it around. He's going to turn it around. He's going to go with you and turn it it around. Power of resurrection, fellowship of suffering. Here's the last thing being made conformable unto his death. What's that about? What's that about, Doug? Simply this. You'll remember this statement if you have been in church for a short period of time and you've listened. Jesus is in a garden of the olive press, Gethsemane. He took with him three associates, three buds, three friends. They had been with him all throughout ministry time for him. They were the part of the evangelistic team. He said, I gotta pray. They might have even said, We don't have it in the word, so I'm just adding two. They might have said, Oh, we're gonna pray too. But their prayer led them to sleep. Any of you ever prayed yourself to sleep? (laughs) Aren't we pitiful? It's amazing you can have insomnia and say, I'm going to (laughs) pray. And you're out. It's amazing how that works. You check your cell phone to see if you still have service. You haven't got a call all day. Start praying. It'll light up. Everybody on the telemarketing list will call you. Even though you're on a no-call list. We know how to get to you. <laughs> they had gone to sleep. Jesus prayed. You know the story. Father, if it be thy will. I really like to see if there's another plan. I want this cup. Wake up, guys. Uh, Okay, we'll wait. Goes back and pray. You, You know. But he came to the point where he said in his last discourse in Gethsemane, not my, help me here, not my will. So Paul said, being made conformable unto His will. Listen, saint, we've all got to come to the place to where daily we look in the face of God, we say, not my will today, God. You know when we're good at saying that? When we've messed a day up. When we've messed the day up, then we're good at saying, oh God, I don't want my will. In other words, we're saying, get me out of this. But if somehow, in the early stages of our day, we could just simply say, I want to be made conformable unto your death. In other words, Thanks for going to Haiti with me. Remember who you are in Christ. But remember who you need to know better than you know anybody else in this room. Remember who's going to be there for you. Know Him. Know the power of His resurrection. You're not in this thing alone. He's going to fellowship with you. Just be made conformable until his death. Welcome back to George Bush and to Houston, Texas.
0: Amen. We're back at George Bush. I can't wait to get home. <laughs> Wonderful. Let me share something with you briefly. There is a spiritual law, just like you have natural laws. God put those things, those laws in place. God doesn't invade your space. Will not. For many of us, or some of us, we've kept Jesus outside our lives for so long. Jesus said in Revelation. I stand at the door, and I'm knocking. How long would you keep him out of your life? How long would you keep him out there? He wants to come in. He wants to be the Lord of your life. He can help you with any and every issue in life, including your health, your children. He is God, and he is our God. Some of us, we are believers, we know about God, and we go to church. But you know, inside you, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I'm not doing what I should, I know I should be doing. Something is missing. If you are in that category, Jesus is asking, let me get closer to you. He wants to be part of your life. There is a heaven to go to. This life is just so brief. There's an opportunity for you to allow Jesus to be your friend today. He wants to be your friend. Your Lord and your friend, just like Pastor Barker said, your Lord and your friend will always be there for you. Never condemning you, just like Angela said earlier, he's always going to be there for you. I've been serving God now for so many years. He's not failed me. He wants to be a part of your life. All heads bowed this morning. Remember, no one looking around. Please, this is a holy hour before our God. You're sitting here this morning and you're saying, I know I need God. I need to be the person God created me to be. You cannot be that without him, without him being in your life. Being in your life. You say, I know I'm a Christian, but everything is not right. I want to make everything right with God this morning. I need Jesus to be closer to me. I want him in my life. If that's you this morning, at the count of three, I need you to lift your hand up. God will see it. And I'm going to pray for you. And God will answer my prayer. And the Holy Spirit will begin to work in your life. And a new day would have dawned in your life. At the count of three, just lift up your hand. One, two, three. Let me see your hand up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's wonderful. God saw your hand up this morning. And heaven has recognized that you've made a decision to let Jesus be closer to you. I need everyone to pray with me this time. Repeat this after me. Lord Jesus... I thank you for giving your life for me. God, I ask that you wipe away all of my sins and forgive me. Lord Jesus, I invite you into my heart to be my personal Savior and my Lord. I thank you because I know according to your word you've heard my prayer and I'm now your child in Jesus name Amen if you said that prayer you are a part of the family of God and if you die today close your eyes here on earth and your eyes will open up right there in heaven before the Lord Jesus Christ because he's done everything that you needed to do to be holy, he did it for you. Amen? If you made that decision, there's a part of the a card, a dis- uh, connection card, where it says, My decision today, please check the one that applies to you and put it in the offering as we take an offering for our pastor uh, for coming to minister to us this day. I'm going to read from Galatians chapter 6, verse 6. It says, let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. How many of you know that that's talking about money? <laughs> all good things share with him. So that's what we want to do. I came ready because I know we'll be having a, a guest speaker this morning. So we'll be uh, taking an offering for him. And then when you get out, he has all that uh, there, a lot of material there for you to pick and just go through these materials. Let God lead you as to what you should do. And for our church we will be doing something. And that's the decision from the staff. But you are welcome to help the ministry over there in Haiti. That's what this is all about. I see Pastor talking to my wife about coming going to Haiti. I'm committed I was hoping for this to happen. (laughs) Amen. So we give to the man of God, and God blesses us according to his word. He is so faithful. He is so faithful. Amen. Stand up as we give our offering. I'm going to pray over the offering. And uh, before you leave, I want you to do something that's so special for me, please. Before you leave. After we take the offering, don't just run out. I have something, one assignment I want you to do for me. Amen? Let's pray. Let's lift our offering up to the Lord. Father, we thank you. It's such a privilege to give to your work. Thank you for the message today. And Lord, our hearts are with Brother Barker as, as to what's happening there in Haiti. Satan cannot be the God of the country. He created nothing, and he can't be the God of Haiti. We thank you because you are taking over here, And we thank you for using Brother Baka In Jesus' name, amen. Please, we'll receive our offering.
1: In death, in life, Don't forget
0: to put your connection card in if you're visiting, as well as uh, if you made a decision for Christ. Now, this is what I want you to do for me. Can you go around shaking the hands?